0: Where were you at? Where, where'd you go? Where, <laughs> yeah. Where'd you go out last night? Where was that? The Dun, not the Dun Vegan or anything like that, was it? Or where'd you go?
1: No, I didn't go to the Dun Vegan last night. Although that's my watering hole. Um, I went to the Criterion. We're sitting in the Criterion, and we look out, and four guys just picked up that one of their mates out at the front door, and just dumped him in the bin. As you do, squashed him there. <laughs> and uh, this, one of the, one of the um, managers came out and said, hey, you made out of the bin. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty funny and everybody's in, the, everybody's in the bar just clapping and laughing, cheering them on.
0: This week on the My Love of Golf podcast, we talked to young Australian greenkeeper Mitchell Driver. Now, since learning his trade and craft as a greenkeeper, Mitchell has plied that skill at some of the biggest golf courses around the world. And I think once you listen, you'll be blown away at just some of the experience that he's had. He's a young man who's learned a craft, followed his passion, and has taken him all around the world, and he's worked on some of the biggest joints you'll ever hear. So listen to the story. It's a good one. Like me, Mitchell's also an Eric Anders Lang fan, and if you've watched the St Andrews vlog on the unofficial guide to Scotland from Eric... You might notice Mitchell is the Aussie sitting at the bar that Eric talks to. He just happened to be there at the same day. The other thing, I apologise in advance, the audio quality of this podcast isn't the best. Mitchell and I have been trying to link up for a few days and I had to take the opportunity to call him when I could because it's the day before he starts his new role at Glen Eagles. Now, we're on the phone and Mitchell just standing on the 1st and 18th fairway at the Old Course St Andrews, talking to me live. So sit back, relax, enjoy the story of Mitchell Driver. It's another good classic Aussie story of someone out there doing great things, and I look forward to catching up with Mitchell in September when I go and visit him at Glen Eagles when the Solheim Cup's on. So thanks for listening. Appreciate your feedback. Thanks for support. Enjoy. Mitchell, welcome to the My Love of Golf podcast. And um, I've already said it in the introduct- introduction, but joining us all the way from St. Andrews. That's cra- it's crazy to think that uh, when we connected a couple of days ago that you were in Sydney and and next time we connect, I see a picture of uh, you at a pub in St. Andrews watching some guy get chucked in a garbage bin and, uh, and here you are standing... <laughs> So, where whereabouts are you right now? So, you know, we're obviously on the phone, and uh, you know, I'm here in Mount Eliza in Melbourne. But where are you now? Tell the listeners where you are.
1: I'm standing in the middle of one and eighteen of the old course. It's ten to ten in the morning, and it's about five very
0: Another is there anyone out there playing?
1: No, no. The old Oh, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, that's every, yeah. I'll cut shot every Sunday, unless the R&A call for a tournament to be played, we'll and obviously
0: with the Open Championship. We'll talk about that in a little bit because it's it's one of the crazy things about uh, that course. So, and and you would have experienced it, but Mitchell. So you're a green. Do, do we call you a greenkeeper? What is what is the correct term that I would you know refer to someone with your trade and your skills and your background in the wonderful world of golf? What do we call you, mate?
1: Yeah, just a greenkeeper. Um, if it if it's regarding sports fields or uh, like cricket wickets and all that sort of stuff, it, it would be a curator. Yep. But uh, it'd be a, a greenkeeper, or uh, yeah, or course co- staff or link staff. But so the l- the trade name would be trade name would be a greenkeeper.
0: So, mate, how long have you been a greenkeeper? You said to me just a minute ago off air that you were 26, so how long have you been doing that trade, mate?
1: Yeah, I've been doing it for eight years now. So I started when I was 18. I left school uh, two weeks into year 12, and uh, I took on an apprenticeship, and yeah, I I haven't looked back since, and that was eight years ago.
0: So in a second, will we'll start to talk about you know, some of the experiences you've had, and uh, and they're going to blow people's minds when when you tell us where you've worked and what you've done. But where did where did that start, mate? Where did where did, two weeks into year twelve, obviously you know you said that's it, I'm done, I'm going to be a greenkeeper. Where did the um, apprenticeship start? So I
1: started uh, about twenty five, maybe not twenty five minutes that 20-minute drive south of Campbelltown called Anfield Park Country Golf Club. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those small little country clubs that, that the golf holes can go up and down, very small plot of land. Probably used to be a farm back in the day. I started there. Um, the um, the crew was only a start of four. I was I was the fourth person. So I was there for eighteen months, and then I got the opportunity to go to New South Wales Golf
0: Club in Sydney. Fairly, fairly, fairly significant step up. No disrespect to uh, your original course, but, but a bit of a bit of a jump. No. How did how did that come about, mate? Uh, What how how did how does that happen? You know, when I think of New South Wales Golf Club, and you know, for someone that I. You, know, you don't know, but I grew up in New South Wales, but I live in Melbourne. I've done for a long time. I've played all the sandbelt courses; fantastic. I've never played New South Wales. I've never played a lot of golf in Sydney, actually. But you know, New South Wales is, to me is a bucket list course. So, oh, you know, how does how does it come about? You know, i imagine it's a bucket list course for a greenkeeper as well. Is that right? Yeah, oh, yeah, it's just it's just mind
1: blowing. But um, I I come home from work one day and. My um, my dad came home not long after that, and he just said, "Look, um, I know the president at, at that current time." He says, "I know the president." He says, "There might be a position at New South Wales office and I'm a twin, identical twin, my brother at the moment. He's currently at Royal Sydney, and doing the same I, tri-
0: doing the same trade.
1: Yeah, doing the same trade, <laughs> and he he wasn't at Royal Sydney at the time. He was working at. Um, turned Delta. And I said to my brother, I said, I might I might go for this. I didn't have my licence at the time. Actually, sorry, I did I had my driver's licence at the time and I said to uh I said to my brother, I said I might go for this and he's like, All right. So gave the boss gave the boss at the time a, a ring and I said, Hey, like my name's Mitchell, like I'm interested in this in this position. And he says, Oh, great, you know, send your resume too, and we'll have a chat and, you know, I'll, I'll interview you yeah, and see how you go. And that was really the start of it.
0: And what did your brother think then when you got the job?
1: Well, we've uh, got this relationship where we don't really show a lot of emotion so I guess it was but then at the
0: same time I think he was jealous that he, he didn't really say much <laughs> uh, well, he, he, By the sounds of it he's uh, he's followed your lead and kicked on to some pretty awesome things as well
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah
0: He probably knows um, one of my old golf coaches actually from down this way, Sean Summers who I think still works at Royal Sydney as a pro not sure if you know. Yeah, you. okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if yeah. you Yeah, anyway. That's, that's a
1: big operation over
0: there, overall, oh, isn't it? Yeah, so I've, so I've heard. So, New South Wales, back to New South Wales. So, you, you rock up at New South Wales Golf Club, and and what do you notice is the difference between, you know, the first 18 months of you working, you know, to, to what you've got now? What's the difference between, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether the original course, whether it's tier two, T one, tier three, whatever, but. Clearly, New South Wales is T one. What's the difference? How how does it how does that world you know look?
1: So I'm coming from the country course that I was at beforehand. To this, it was just the detailing things. Like New South Wales is all coach, yep. it's think dry mm-hmm. but it's um, the details, uh, I mean, right down to the car park. It's just everything just. It's right. It just looks right. Like nothing gets overlooked. And the shed there, the shed that we worked out on, it's just absolutely enormous. When I first sort of drove down the driveway and parked in the car park and I saw the shed for the first time, I, just, I wondered where the A380 was because <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Because in the green TV industry, shed is always the last thing that ever gets built and it's the last thing that ever gets put in the budget. Yep. and it's like you you'll build you'll build an amazing golf course, but then you'll have this little shot down the documents like yeah you, know, you work out of that for to 15 years until you can convince someone that you want to shed. But the the boss at the time he he, he wanted uh, he convinced the board that it's very important. If you want a well structured and organized golf course on how we work that the drink that organization comes from the drinking check. Yep. And that if it's not organised in there or it's too small and there's just stuff everywhere then it doesn't it doesn't work on the course and that it just creates like a ripple effect.
0: Yeah. That's 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 so, a, that's a fair you know, if it's disciplined in the you know, in the greenkeeping shed, then that discipline flows, and how you behave in there, and how everything gets looked after, flows out onto the golf course. Makes perfect sense. It's great.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So how
0: yeah. long, how long have you how long have you been working? Because you still, from what I gather, still do work there. And but how long have, did you work there? You know, as a through your try through your apprenticeship, and then you know through after that.
1: I was there. I was there halfway through as a second year apprentice. I finished my apprenticeship there in twenty fourteen, I think. So two and a half years and then I stayed on for another year
2: mm-hmm.
1: to do a major irrigation redevelopment that was like two million dollar a two million dollar new irrigation system that went in and the system that got put in—it's it, just amazing. Like New South Wales, won't ever have to change their irrigation system for the next 20, 30 years. It's that good.
0: So, how many members at New South Wales is it? A, is it? You know, does it get a fair load through there? You know, that's always one of the things that sort of contributes to the quality of a golf course and a golf experience. Does it get a lot of a lot of people there playing, I mean, Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, they, 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 there's a lot of. Um, corporate golf at the moment, yep. uh, it's, it's also, I would, it's hard to say how many members they have, but if I was to put a figure on it, I'd say maybe a thousand, Yeah, right. thousand members.
0: You would have, you would have, uh, you would have seen a few interesting people come through New South Wales golf course, you know, that you've driven past or, you know, had to give give oh, way yeah. to. Um, who's, who's some of the ones that you, the notables that you've seen uh, on the course around there? Yeah. Uh, Wendell Saylor. I'll be Wendell.
1: Uh, Kevin Peterson. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Lara. He's been out there. Yeah.
2: Right.
1: Uh, Steve Waugh. Yeah. See, I saw him last week. Yeah. Right. Kelly Slater was out there. Yeah. Right. So, um, mostly sportsmen. Yeah. So uh, it's yeah, it's mostly sports people that go through.
0: Love their golf. Uh,
1: you do you do see a couple of actors. Will Ferrell was out there. Few years
0: ago, too. Yeah, right. Were you there when? Yeah. Um, uh, who was it? Did uh, Did Eric Anders Lang go through there recently? Did he play at New South Wales?
1: Did yeah, he did. I I don't know where I was. Actually, I think I was over here. All oh, right. I I I missed him. He was going to play golf with my mate, and my mate couldn't get the day off, but. My mate didn't really have too much creativity
0: to think that he should have just struck the sticky. <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, well, he probably missed a good opportunity there to hang out with uh, a fellow that seems like well, a decent, yeah. decent, decent, decent fellow and doing some great things for golf. So, mate.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You, you a, gol- a golfer yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like to play. Uh, don't play as much now as when I was um, at school. But I do try and get out Like maybe play once every couple of weeks
0: And what sort of level Can most What sort of level of golf are you mate
1: I would say I'm off About 17 at the moment Yeah. But I just don't I just don't practice It's like It's one of those things That being on a golf course all day You think every keeper's a pro But you know They're, they're not <laughs> It's just it, It's ironic like that Yeah
0: so what what was it that attracted you to the trade then? You know, because I would have said I would have said that you know of the greenkeepers that I know and there's not that many, but the majority of them are, you know, quite active and avid golfers, different levels. But you know, what what attracted you to it when you're at school?
1: It was, I guess, since playing golf since I was twelve. Yep. Like playing playing at Campbelltown uh, Golf Club since I was 12 and when I turned 18 I was still playing there and at first I wanted to be an electrician I thought I could could do I could do an electrical trade and I was looking when I was in year 11 I was looking for an electrical trade for a whole year even thinking about doing something else just to just to leave school and my second option was was to be a greenkeeper but I thought, that's only at the last resort if I can't get an electrical apprenticeship. And I couldn't. And then in the newspaper, just before Christmas in 2010 2010 Christmas, there was that in the newspaper saying that Anfield Park Country Golf Club uh, was looking for an apprentice. And I said to my dad, I said, I don't know whether I want to go for it or not, like, I still want to see if I can do this electrical apprenticeship and if anybody would take me on. And my dad just said, you know, just just put your resume in. It's not going to hurt. So I said, righto, like, uh, I'll, I'll take your advice. And, um, yeah, I haven't looked back since.
0: Mate, sounds sounds like a plan. It sounded like a plan to me, and uh, it sounds like it's led to some good things. So some of those good things, let's talk about that. So New South Wales you know, you're working your way as part of the team, then what happens after that? Because you've obviously spread the wings and taken yourself further afield in, internationally. How did that all happen? And, where, and what does that journey, what did it start like, mate? What, where'd you go first?
1: So, there's, in the greenkeeping industry, there's a great intern program, the Ohio State intern program run by a man called Mike Keith. And... A lot of a lot of grinkers go on it because it's a great experience and it's it's a great way to prove yourself. And I met I met people who came to New South and say and they said, you know, I just came off the Ohio program and it really appealed to me. So a year after a year after my apprenticeship I said, right, I'm gonna do it this year. So when I found out that I got accepted into the, onto the program, I, um, I got the chance to go to Congressional Country Club, which had the 2011 US Open, the one that Rory won. So that's over in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, that was, that was incredible. The, the, the course is just immaculate. I just couldn't believe it. So you did, like, I've never seen bentgrass Airways before, and
0: it was just, it was just mind-blowing. So you, you you do the internship through Ohio State University, and is that internship no, it's, on their course, and then like, and then you, and then you go off on a placement, or do you get accepted into that and you're doing the work at Congressional at the same time? Yeah. So it's it's a
1: program. It's a program that um, that gets run not by Ohio State University, but it's it's under the uh, it's under the an umbrella.
0: Oh probably. right, yeah. So you get accepted by them, and they place um, place you out to different courses, and that's your experience. The yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So the you get.
1: You get told where you want to go, or you get told where to go. Yep. Okay, this is your placement. You're going to be in the intern here for six months. Yep. So they send, so they, so you go right. Okay. Off you so go. You get on the flight. You go up to You do the induction, and then you come down. And six months at each course. And I was in the states for like, eighteen months.
0: Yeah. Right. So you get you're allowed to you're allowed to work and and do all of that over there. And I'm I'm assuming that you're getting paid and all that sort of thing. So. Which is good, uh,
1: yeah. Yep. So it's it's more of an internship. So yeah. you're a, you're more of a student. Yeah. Okay. You're not not so much of a worker.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. So it's
1: so it's it, it's all about the learning experience, which yep. was just it was just incredible.
0: Well, let's get back to that part because that's the interesting part. So congressional. So you walk, you drive up the driveway at congressional the first day. That take us on that journey. You know what. what what is Congressional all about you know it's I don't know I don't never been there obviously and and I just know that it's a super exclusive golf club and you know it's one of the finer ones on that coast of uh, the US but what's it really like mate, behind the scenes
1: it's it's very um, it's a very big operation like when I got there it was it was actually this time three years ago Mm. And, but it, like everything's big over there. I When we first drove up, like you look to the right and it's the, it's the longest stretch of a driving range I've ever seen. And everything's just manicured, but it's still coming into summer. So there was no leaves on the trees or anything like that. But I just found it just incredible. And then, like, you stand on the tee box and everything is just. Bank grass best basically rough, the greens, bunkers, just wall to wall cool season grass, and you just think that you're going to be working here for six months, and then you see you see the the little famous par three tenth, which that that's a pretty that's a pretty cool sight to see with the um, and the clubhouse. The coffee house is it's the biggest one in America Mm. and it's it's got something like a small little bowling alley downstairs, a gym, inside pool, outside pool and all these other things inside too, something like three bars and it's just incredible. Like I've never seen anything like it. It's just yeah, it, it's quite a big operation over there. They don't, that don't take things lightly either. It's everything, everything sort of on edge. Yeah, yeah. the golf the best to give the golfer the best experience.
0: So, yeah. So, let, let's talk about the agronomy part of your world for a bit. So. um You know, you mentioned when you came from the country course, which I I imagine was Kaikuyu. Was that Kaikuyu where you you, did Yeah. yeah. And then you go to New South Wales, which is Cooch Fairways, which is, you know, what we're used to down here in Victoria. But then you go to Congressional and it's Bent Grass Fairways and then Fescue Rough. And I think the the architect and, you know, real sort of golf geeky guys understand Differences in grasses But I'm not sure that everyone Does fully understand it But Fescue Fescue fairways What's so special About a fescue fairway So fescue oh, Sorry um, Bent no, ben, Gra- ben grass Bent grass fairway Sorry Fescue rough Bent grass fairway oh,
1: Bent grass fairways. It's It's finer. Mm-hmm. It's It's uh, It's finer than couch. But you can, if you get the right conditions, like over here at St Andrews or just anywhere in the UK, if you get the right conditions and the soil is right, you can get a really hard firm playing surface, which is what you want because if you're 100 metres out and you can't fly the ball, you can always bump and run it. Mm. So, but it's not, it's... um. It's free draining It's just a firm surface it, It's it's really what you want
0: So is, is bent grass similar if, to if... So go on. You go so, uh,
1: so If If any course In Australia Say for example Any of the sand out courses If If they really If they had uh, Colder climates in summer If they really wanted to go with Bent grass, water, wall,
0: wall. I'm sure they would, but, but I don't think it'd be uh, sustainable. Yeah, right. So it doesn't. For, so it's really it's a cooler for, climate. Cooler climate grass, which yeah, yeah. cooler. But bent yeah. is bent grass. climate grass. Like you know, when you have around the green and you've got the you know the grass around the green, and then you've got the cooch on the fairways. What what in the sandbelt environment? What's that grass that's around the green in that chipping, you know, lead up fringe area? Is that bent grass?
1: Uh, on the sand belt, I think I think it's fine fescue
0: Fine fescue Okay
1: yep. so that, no, I think uh, I'm not I'm not quite sure You don't quote me on that No, but no. I, uh It's um, I think it's fine fescue It just gives a It just gives a, a Firm of so Yeah Like putting on um, If it was quite key would be spongy And can't really play A, um, a grand game so just to get the just to get the uh, the best playing surface, it's it's um, it would be a it would be a cool season grass.
0: So what about the greens at Congressional? What were they? What grass was that?
1: That that was bent grass. That was uh, I believe that was a one a four bent. So if you if you know A4. your grasses, it'd be a one a four bent. And the air legs were similar too. Yeah, right. Obviously, at a different height of cut.
0: Yep. So, machinery, machinery-wise, there, what are you, what are you rocking around on on a, on a place like Congressional? Is it just wall to wall machines? You know, there's a different machine for every different job? Yeah, yeah. So it's all Toro. Right. Mhm.
1: The well, when I was
0: there,
1: it was all Toro. Right. they might have changed now. I'm not sure. Um. But yeah, all Toro, all, all Toro contract. So they just lease it out. We got a lease, and it changes every few years. But the, I mean, the machinery is just incredible. Like it's not like a, a mower. You're not you're not using a mower that's ten years old that you think that's going to break down.
0: So what what um. What was after the congressional? Where, where where was that? The next part of that eighteen months? Where'd you go then?
1: So I got the chance to go to TPC Scottsdale, oh, yeah. and uh, I thought that was that was impressive. So, like, I got asked if I want to go to TPC Scottsdale, and I thought, well, that's that's pretty good. I'm not going to say no to that. And that's, so that's, if you don't know that it's in Arizona and me and another guy, we, we got a car and so we drove from DC over to Arizona. I can't remember how many states we drove through, but it was like three days of driving just to get there. And then by the close to, close to the end of the trip, um, driving over the mountains and we're going down these steep hills and you look down the side of the road and it's just sheer drop and you can hear the brakes squealing and we're just thinking like these brakes better not be away otherwise we're going off this cliff
0: Did you ever take this, the time to look back and 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 think about what am I doing here? You know, what's this young fella from Campbelltown doing here looking staring down these cliffs into the you know, the <laughs> valleys of the deserts of America and go, Wow Yeah, you probably didn't yeah, did. yeah. day, yeah. So um, Scottsdale, what's yeah. the what's the famous what's the what's the tournament at Scotstar, mate? So they got the waste
1: management phoenix Abs- open. Absolutely. Just, they just had that a few months ago. They did. The PGA's it's the, it could be wrong, but it's, I think it's PGA's first tournament of the year. Um,
0: did, you work that, the, did you work there uh, when the waste management was on?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I was there for another six months. Oh, wow. So, but that was just insane. It, it was just crazy. The tournament itself was just like a golf tournament in a massive party a four-day party
2: hmm.
1: and a lot of a lot of people go to the golf but then there's also people that just go because, well, it's the biggest party in the state so everybody just goes to it. Like some people wouldn't even know that there's a golf on that's on, that big.
0: So when they're preparing the course and you know that course or any of the courses that you've worked on for a you know, PGA Tour event or a US Open or whatever more people come in get involved or the the same team is just grinding working harder or what's you know what's the lead up to you know the week before the waste management I can imagine it's hectic as anything
1: yeah so even a few weeks out <laughs> golf golf is still being played like no forces don't get shut um, for any of the tournaments that I did but, uh, a few weeks out even the week out like it's just grind grind grind. And you do, twelve hours. Well, twelve fifteen hours a day. It's not. It's not bad. You know. You know. You're working towards something. Yeah. You know what you're going to get out of it at the end of the day. Um. But people don't come in to come help you until tournament week. So all the volunteers will come in on the the Sunday. Yep. And they'll be there for a week. And they.
0: And then they leave the following Sunday. So, mate, give us the inside. Is there a massive party at the end of the waste management? Did you get the party with anyone?
1: Uh, no, okay. no, there's not. not, okay. not for the drinkers,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> uh, the ones that are bloody responsible for making the place look so great, and just back, turn up to work on Monday. Yeah. Eh? turn up to work back Monday five a.m. Boys, see you tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that, that was a hard thing to do, mm. actually. I, um, on the Monday, we, yeah, we came into work and then we left, we left about 12 o'clock that day to Florida, Florida for the, uh, the, um, GIS show, the, the golf, the golf break show. Oh, yeah. The Green so we were there for a week. So we, uh, me and the the other interns, we missed the recovery period at Scottsdale, which is the saddest part of, about doing a tournament because you see everything gets pulled down. But we were in Florida at the time, so that was that was a nice recovery for us.
0: You made up for the parting there. It's we we've just had the Grand Prix in Melbourne, as you yeah you, know, you probably know, and you know I drive past. Albert Park every day for the month beforehand, and you see the place get built, and they have a race there. It yeah. takes ninety odd minutes, two hours, a few other races for the three or four days, and then and then it just gets pulled down. And it's always a weird, it must be a weird thing with all the build up, and then just seeing all the people go away. Place gets pulled down, and I've heard some people say that that Monday after is a really you know weird time for them when they're so involved like you are, you know, because the, it's like a massive build up, and then all of a sudden everyone just moves on. And it's, it's the next PGA Tour event, and must be a weird. It must be a weird feeling, as you sort of alluded to.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Did sorry, go on. It's
1: quite. It, it's sad. It's it's quite sad. So, um, even depending on how big it is. Well, for my for my first PGA Tour event was that Congressional for the click and Loans, and yeah, like building up for it and think it's all great, and then come Monday, like the guys come in and they start stripping everything down and you just think, like, life's going back to normal now and you think, it's over. It's The best way to put it is probably it's the worst hangover you've ever had. <laughs>
0: yes, in a, in a in a greenkeeping and team sense, I get it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Hey, yeah. um, so through those couple of uh, tournaments that you just mentioned, did you meet some cool players? Did you meet, Did you get to chat to anyone? Is that a big part of what you do or you just keep your business? Yeah. Yeah?
2: Uh,
1: Well, sometimes sometimes I just to avoid the golfers because they say that you know, we shouldn't annoy them but you know, if if you find the right time or you just think, you know, stuff it, I'll just, I'll take the chance and I'll (laughs) get a slap on the wrist later.
2: Yeah, I'll
1: go talk to, I'll go talk to Ernie Ells right now so I talked to to Ernie Els on the back of 18 when he came off and I said that I've got a family friend who knows you and he's like, how's he going and everything like that and not long after, I think it was a day later on the Wednesday when he was on the putting green and we had about a 10-minute chat about what I'm doing in America and like what I'm doing there and how I got over there and...
0: Yeah, Ernie's Ernie's quite the gentleman. Oh, I really is. No, no, no questions. Um, you know, he's never appeared to be anything other than that uh, in any of the things that I, you know, watched or when you watch him and how he handles himself. And I, oh. I always get drawn back to that open that he won. You know, where obviously he beat Adam Scott and how gracious he was about uh, about that win and you know how he handled his relationship with Adam Scott. So, yeah, I've always uh, held him in very high regard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so English, one of the guys I met. Um, I think I also met. Uh, I think Marcus
2: Fraser was over there too. Oh
1: yeah. And Leishman. Yep. Met them. Yeah, I, I had a quick chat with them. And um, you know, they keep your voice and the heads turned. Like, <laughs> so, hey, mate, right, how you going? Yeah. Couple, and, a couple like of couple of
0: Couple yep. of knockabout boys there from uh, Corowa and Warnable. I'm, I'm sure they, yeah. would been, they would have been pretty easy going, eh? Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So, make quickly, just give us a, an, a rundown of the other courses in the states that you worked at.
1: So when I left, when I left uh, Scottsdale, I went to a course called TPC Potomac. Mm-hmm. It's not. It wasn't as well known. Like people knew about it, but it wasn't as well known before we had the PGA Tour event in 2017, and they hadn't had a PGA Tour event in eight nine years. So to go there for go there for um, their first PGA Tour event, that was pretty special. So the the Tomac, typically Tomac, is just around the corner from Congressional, and that was a really cool course
0: really cool so that was after scottsdale so it's so the journey so far is congressional scottsdale back to potomac is that right yeah yeah that's right and then and then was that your 18 months done or yeah that was 18
1: months and then i emailed the boss back at new south wales and i said i'd like to come back and he, he was more than happy to take me back on and i'm happy and grateful that he did; otherwise, I, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> so I went back to New South Wales and I stayed there for another six months. And said to the boss, I said, "Look, uh, I'd be happy to um, stay on as a casual." He, he was happy with that. I said, "I'd like to, I'd like to travel again." And said, "I don't want to, I don't want to go on as a full time staff member and then leave you after six months." So I just asked to be casual and. I uh, I got told that I should go to St Andrews. for my last boss in America, he said, he said you got to go to St Andrews. So I um I, I applied for a position at St Andrews and I got the interview and uh, with the with the hand man over there
0: yeah,
1: and uh, and he said. He said, yeah, well done, I'll I'll give you a job and I come over here and they say that I'm going to be on
0: the old course. I I was just ecstatic. I'm sitting here, you know, you obviously can't see me because you're in St Andrews, but, you know, you're telling that story and I'm just sitting with a massive smile on my face because it's such a, it's just so cool (laughs) to hear you go, you know, the last boss in America said you've got to go to St Andrews and, you know, you obviously, knowing where the story is going, that's so true, and uh, it's just so so cool to hear, hear that you you got there, and then you got onto the the old course. So, you know, how many courses did the St Andrews Trust have under their control?
2: So they've got seven,
0: seven,
1: six down, six down the bottom, around around the old. So you've got the new, the Jubilee, the Trust, Time, the Eden, and.
0: They've got a nine-hole down-go course, which is just for if you want to go out and go play nine-holes or it's just for kids. And then they've got a course up top. When you say down down bottom, so they're all sort of, if you know and can visualise where the old course is, they're all sort of attached and they're joined and sort of go out that peninsula or that little bit of land there down, down across from the water sort of thing. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, so it all goes out towards like a, if you thought of it as a peninsula sort of thing. Yeah, there's six courses just either side of either side of the old course. Crazy to five, think sorry, five courses. Five, crazy, and to, then there's a course
0: up top. So that's a castle course that's sort of around the back there on the way through to sort of Crail in that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so th- that's up top, and the views up there are just amazing. You stand on the back of the, I think it's the fourth green, and you can just see, see the the castle and like the cathedral at the back, and like with the water as a backdrop. It's just amazing.
0: So everyone wants to go and play the old course, and I get that. And you know, I've been lucky enough to to do it one time, and but I've never played any of the other. Old, um, St Andrew's Trust courses What are the other ones That people should Go and play
1: On the St Andrew's links? Yeah Yeah So I like I like the Jubilee They say that the Jubilee the hardest mm-hmm. And More More people like The new But I find the new I find the new narrow The new course Narrow But mm. it's still a great course That's That's uh. Tom, that's another Tom Morris course, but you know it's been altered a few times. But it's still got Tom Morris features, and you got the Jubilee next to it, which is I, I think Jubilee's awesome. It's a great routing; it just weaves in and out of dunes and that. So that that takes a lot of fun trip, and the news also pretty cool. It's similar to the old; it sort of goes out and comes back. There's a few twists and turns, but that's, that's also pretty cool and the Eden I believe the Eden course was a Harry Colt design uh, Harry Colt he, he did some great courses in down in uh, down in England so you, you play the Eden course and you just feel like it's very uh, it doesn't have the heathland it doesn't so much have the heathland about it but mm-hmm. It's uh, just the feel of it, and the design of some holes. You just feel like it's, you just feel like it's a Heathland look to it as well. But yeah, I believe it's the top, so that's that's a cool course. So there's no really bad courses down here. It's it's just what it's just what you prefer. Like you're always going to get an awesome experience, and the. The um the conditioning from compared from the old course say to little nine hole course is no different. Like conditions are all, all the same across the links. Like the old course isn't faded. So is that? But conditions are always the same.
0: Is that a testament to the quality of the workmanship, or is that? I don't want to sound the wrong way. Is that, you know, just that it's the similarities between all of the, you know, terrain and the grass structures and all of that? Is it just easy to keep, you know, all of those courses to the same level or it's just that, you know, everything gets the same level of attention to detail? Yeah, I think
1: it's a bit of both. Yeah, okay. I think, um, but also, uh, grass the grasses are all the same. Mm. It's all, it's all under the same conditions. If it rains on the old course, it's raining on the small course next, next to it. and all the, all the course managers here, they all know, they all know what they're, they're doing and they know, they know, um, they know if it's dry, they've got to water it. They know if it, if it's looking a bit hungry, they know when to feed it. So, and, um, yeah, that's that's really all it is and so I so yeah, yeah, Antarctic it's just both really.
0: You rock into town on your first visit to I'm assuming it's gonna be your first visit to Scotland for your first stint as, you know, one of the St Andrews Trust um, team members and you, you get on the old course. So it, you know, I used to work in the car industry, I worked for Mercedes Benz and I remember the first time that I got flicked uh, the keys to a to a um SLS Mercedes Goldwing. Not to boast, but yeah, and I remember the first time and I was sort of nervous driving that car down the driveway and I drove Mercedes Benz's out of the driveway all day for twelve years. But the time that I got that one I was shaking. Was that like what you experienced <laughs> on the on the Toro or whatever machine it was? Were you shaking that day on the old course? Uh,
1: no, but I was I was sort of shaking when I first turned up the New South Wales golf haven air dry. You know, you're going to go in my fairway. Okay. Or, you know, you're going to go cut greens, and you think like, wow, like <laughs> this isn't the time to stuff anything
0: up. Yeah, fair enough. So, so you were fully at ease, uh, I guess, after congressional, Scottsdale, and all those places. Um, you you had it yeah. you had it covered by then. But you said, okay, boys, just stand back, let me at it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was. It was pretty much like that. So, once you well once after after doing uh, the internship in America, you just feel very at ease as to where yeah,
0: wherever good. you go. Yeah, cool. That's that's really really good. So you know, the old course, what what stood out what stands out for the about the old course for you?
1: Well once you once you come around the co- well, once you come around the corner here. You, you look out and you see the clubhouse and you think that's pretty impressive and you see Hamilton Grant which is a big red building next to it mm-hmm. and you think that's that's pretty special and you you see you see the two fairways one and eighteen and you think that's that's so wide it's awesome and like I didn't re- I didn't realise it at first and other than that nothing really stood out like I just thought okay well what's so great about the old course? Nobody ever says the fourth hole on the old course is amazing because these reasons. Mm. Everybody just says, it's amazing, you should go, and then nobody ever says anything else. So when I first got here, I got up early one Sunday morning and then I walked down 1 and 18 with a yardage book and went out. And when I got the first green, I looked to the right and I couldn't believe how close the the, um, the second tee was to the first green.
2: Mm.
1: It's like it's like ten meters, mm. and you just think this is this is just incredible. I've never seen anything like that before. That was just, that was mind blowing. And then going down, you walk up, you walk up the second, you see you see the second green, and that that just blew me away. The second green's like. A, uh, a bowl at the front of the green and it looks like someone's pushed the bowl into the green and it's just this mound goes up and down and you just think like nowhere if you, if you did that if you did that design 50, 60 years ago it, the um golfers would call you crazy and say, you know, rebuild it that's you shouldn't be doing that. The green's got to be flat. But it was just it was just amazing to see. I've never seen so much quirkiness in a golf hole before.
2: Were uh, you... Were you a, oh, sorry, go on.
1: The, and then it took me about three and a half hours to walk around the old course and, like, it just, it just unraveled itself. It was just... Oh, I walked off, not even playing the old course, and it was a Sunday morning not even playing it, walked off and I was just (laughs) starstruck. Like it's just incredible. Anybody that says anybody that says that they weren't impressed by the old course either didn't play the right course or they played with their eyes shut. Like it's just it's just mind blowing.
0: And that's interesting. Yeah. Have you heard people say, oh, yeah, the old course, it was okay before? You know, like I, I'm fairly and squarely on your side of the, the camp. I, I, It would take me five times to play it and realise all of the intricacies about it. You know, you play it and you sort of just want to go and do it again immediately, but, you, you know, usually you can't. But, yeah, you know, I've heard a couple of people go, oh, yeah, the old course is okay. You know, Kings Kingsbarns is better. And, I, and I, I sort of get that. But I'm on your side of the fence, you know, like it's – whether it's the history Whether it's You know Exactly as you desc- described the second green there You know The size of some of those Double greens You know The, the famous bunkering um, It's It's just a, An experience That everyone should 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 have So Oh absolutely It's It's the Vatican Of
1: oh, golf really That's probably the
0: best way to put it Well said Absolutely So You 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 get into uh, Into Scotland And you Yeah, how do you how do you live? What what do you do? They do they have a system where they put you up? You know, you get billeted, or you just have to find your own digs, or what goes on there?
1: Yeah, so unfortunately, with all the university students, they they start in September and they go till I think they start in September. We get here and we start in April. Mm. So six months in, all the uni students have taken up all the um, accommodation. Mm. So it's very hard to find a place that is like accommodating, like that's within your budget. So you really got to look. Some people even stay in the hostel in town, in the middle of town. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, you got to find yeah, you got to find your own places. But the the managers down on the on the links, they, they helped us, but um, yeah, you got to find a place, so i got a place 10 minutes up the road when I came here, you know, 10 minutes up the road, so I, I bought a bike, ride to work in the mornings, Just pray to God that it's not raining in the morning when you get up, <laughs> otherwise it's going to be a cold, wet ride in.
0: Yeah. So where, where was that, what, 10 minutes up the road where, you know, I, I know the lay of the land, but um, how, what town was that?
1: Right. So it was still in St Andrews. It was just past uh the primary school, closest to Audi. Okay. I think
0: it was Audi. So heading so, heading out yeah, towards just, uh, to... Heading towards Cryoway, that way? Down through the town there? Uh, not quite.
1: A bit southwest.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how long was your first in at St Andrews, mate? What's that, sorry? How long was your first visit to St Andrews?
2: So,
1: when I first came here, it was seven months. I wasn't sure, I wasn't sure how long I'd like to stay here for, and the um, so I thought I'll, I'll book myself in to stay here for seven months. And uh, because I, I didn't know whether I wanted to stay for the winter or not, having a two year visa. so. I stayed here till November, and then pe- people always said they said you don't want to stay here for winter. It's just so cold. Come January, the wind that come off the ocean is just so incredibly cold. So by November, by the time November came around, it was um, it was pretty cold by then, and everything just sort of slows down. The tourists leave. Um, and students students sort of like they they sort of just close down and they just study for the winter
2: yeah.
1: they go on holiday so it's not, it's completely different from June to November so I thought um, I'm not going to stay I'll, I'll go home, have a warm summer and uh, get back over here
0: five months later. So that's what I've done. Yeah, right. So so St Andrews was last year, came home for Christmas summer, did a little bit more work at New South Wales, is that right? Did you go, go back there as a casual?
2: Yeah.
0: Yep. And now you Yeah, ba-
1: so I went back there as
0: a casual again. And you back. and now you've just lobbed back to St Andrews there for the new season? Well no, I'm only here
1: for um I'm only here for two days. Well I I'll leave for Glen Eagles tomorrow. I'm going over to Glen
0: Eagles for six months. Ah, so you're working which at Glen is Eagles in the middle of yeah, the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well that there you go, I didn't yep. know. So you've done St Andrews, tick that off the book, you're there for the weekend and and now you're going to work at Glen Eagles. Fantastic. Yeah. So they've
1: got they've got the the, the Solheim Cup in September.
0: In September. Yep. Which is
1: which is uh, the Ryder cup for women, if you didn't know. It's um, it's uh, it's actually named after. Carsten Solheim. i Carsten. Carsten yeah, it, is uh, who made pink. Correct. So I'm going over for there for that, and that's that is going to be incredible. That, that I can yeah, I can already see that being amazing.
0: So how did how did you end up with a job at Glen Eagles? Like you, this is this is just an amazing story that you're just going from. Awesome place to awesome place, you know To awesome tournament to awesome <laughs> tournament, it's, you know, young fella from Campbell, you know Once again, yeah. pinching yourself, a young fella from Campbelltown, um, yeah. and, and here you are going to prep the course for the bloody Solheim Cup, so, mate. It's fantastic. Yeah. So, how you how did you come so, about? How did you come about Glen Eagles? The um, when I was,
1: when we had the thing open here in June or July last year there was a billboard on the 12th box, and it said that the um, the Solheim Cup is coming back to the home of golf and it said, I think it said Glen Eagles on it and I looked up and it said that Glen Eagles is going to have the Solheim Cup in 2019 in September and uh, I reached out to the superintendent and I said I explained who I was And I just said, Look, if if you're um if you're gonna take on seasonals, I would I'd love to have the experience come over. And he got back to me uh about a week later Mm -hmm. and he just said, Yeah, yeah, he says, Yeah, we'll take on seasonals and he's like, Yeah, I'll get I'll get back in touch with you um and in a few weeks and we'll run through the process and I'll interview over the phone and everything like that and you we're know, a great chat and he says, yeah, I'd like to offer you a job. And I thought that that's just that's just incredible. Like I um I was having the interview on the phone at home at the time and I just thought that it's just gonna be amazing to think that I'll be prepping the course of Solheim Cup and I'm only an hour away from St Andrews, in the middle of the country, and I'll be still. I'll still be able to come over here for weekends. But just to come back to Scotland in general, I thought that was that was amazing. Like I'm still pinching myself now. Yeah,
0: well, it's it's a special place, isn't it?
1: Yeah, sure it sure is. Yeah.
0: Do you have any? Do you have any Scottish? Sorry. Do you have any Scottish family or any any Scottish heritage? You, you know, you're a fine ginger like myself. Uh, must be something going on there. Any any family in Scotland, mate?
1: No, no, no nothing. Uh, my men has always said that we have Irish in us. Yeah. But that was like a small amount. I think everybody's got Irish in them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, no Scottish. Um. I don't know
0: how that I don't know how that worked out so where were you, where yeah. were you stay where were you stay for Glen Eagles once again you know the 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 unrelenting challenge of you know finding lodgings for um you know the 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 global greenkeeper um, th- did that work out all right yeah well they have they
2: have accommodation
1: for staff there uh, of and that course. was one of the main reasons why yeah uh, it's so much easier to go to those places because accommodation is there and it, it's taking out 95% of tackles.
0: Yeah, for sure. Two, cor- two courses at Glen Eagles or three?
1: Uh, three courses. Four courses. Four courses. Kings, Kings, Queens. Course, Kings, Queens, TGA Centenary okay. and they've got a nine-hole course.
0: So – Solheim Cup's on the PGA Centenary? Yeah, that's right. But what's the, the other one that's supposed to be as good, if not better, than the Centenary? Is it the Kings or the Queens? There's one there that people just rave about, one of those two. Uh,
1: it could be the Kings. Yeah. I've heard the Queens is just as good, but yeah. I heard the Kings is a, is a real test of golf, but also just brilliant.
0: Wait, well, it sounds... It sounds unbelievable. Um, you'll, you'll be there in September, obviously. I'll be there. I'll be in Scotland in yeah. September. We might have to arrange to catch up, but. Um,
1: oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, we can uh, we can
0: arrange that. No, that'd be that'd be brilliant, mate. Because uh, it's 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 an amazing story, and you know we probably. You know, you probably you could probably tell stories within the stories about all the things that you've, you know, learnt and seen and you know, I guess the reason for me to reach out to you was, you know, just to highlight the importance of sorry, a bit of wind there. Just to highlight the importance of, you know, what guys like you know you bring to golfers like me and how important your role is. And I don't think sometimes always golfers that are members of clubs like me fully um, appreciate and respect the work that uh, that you guys do um, to keep you know these courses in unbelievable conditions um, you know with the fullest degree of integrity that you do and and sometimes you know it's not always, I know it's not always perfect being you know a greenkeeper you know you get challenges and things you know aren't always right things happen but you know the work that you guys do is incredible to, to make courses the way they are and, yeah, know, no. Th- thank you. Being being thank the brother you. being the brother of a of a greenkeeper myself, um, you know, he's not a greenkeeper anymore, but he was, and that was his passion. You know, it's a it's a it's a legitimate career option for people who you know love golf and you know want to be in a great environment. And you know, you've just proven that you know there are so many great opportunities out there if you're prepared to stretch yourself and and put yourself out there and and go and chase them and. You know, I'm in, I'm inspired listening to all the things that you've achieved and the places that you've been to and the places that you've worked and you know you just you just have had a you know had a crack and it's it's mate really awesome I really 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 appreciate your time and it's very very, very impressive. Thank you,
1: thank you. I appreciate the comments. No It's, it's um it's certainly it's certainly different. It's it's very much out Yeah, like you think of. You think a trades in Australia and you think you do the trade, you be an electrician or a plumber or just a, a civil contractor or something like that, and you get paid great money. And you look at, uh, you look at green Think that not obviously not in the same wage as those other trades, but yeah, you see what doors open when you become a green You can just, you can get a job in, in a different country like where i am now it's, you can't do that when you can't really do that if you're an electrician or a plumber or just go work in a different country because it, i don't think the doors i don't think uh, those opportunities are there um with greenkeeping it's just so many doors open because of that because well, there's golf
0: courses all around okay. the world and grass needs cutting, I guess. Mate, well, there's, there's a... For a small country, like, Scotland is unbelievably well adorned with amazing golf. It's obviously the home of golf and... Um, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's crazy to think, you know, when you when you just discovered, uh, discussed, you know, the six or five or six courses that are next to each other in St Andrews and then, you know, you go across to East, East Lothian and there's another yeah. six or seven courses there and... Yeah, you know, over in Ayrshire, you know, there's all the courses over there at Troon and Press Week, and um, you know Dundonald and all of that, and then then north of where you are now, up through Dundee, past Carnoustie, and up around there, Merker, and those other joints. It's just amazing to think how many quality golf courses there are over there. Have you have you been around? Did you, did you get the chance to travel in in Scotland a little bit and see a few of these other places?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got the I got the travel a bit, not quite a lot. I, um, I didn't have a car at the time. I'm hoping to get one this summer, yeah. but I'll, I'll just see how that goes too, yeah. because um, I'd like to go out and go see some more, more some more courses. But over here, it's just incredible. Like you can't find a bad course. Yeah, you'll pay twenty pounds, so forty Australian dollars, and you're playing this of course that. Is, Designed by old Tom Morris, and you just you're out there playing. it You just think this is just an amazing design for for such a cheap price. Like you, you just you don't get that in Australia. We we just don't we just don't get that great quality of golf. Like the conditions are there. Like the conditioning of of the um the greens are there. But the the quality of architecture isn't because Australia just didn't have that opportunity of architects in the 20s
0: and 30s. Oh, the influences. It's it's amazing with that golf, you know, that 20-pound round of golf there on the course that, you know, is not – on everyone's go-to list, but as you say, the experience is unbelievable. It's Links golf, the conditioning's there, it's by the ocean, by the, you know, not the ocean, or the firth or fourth or whatever, you know, body of water it's sitting beside. And if you're prepared to sort of peel one layer below, you know, the courses that are predominantly adorned with tourists, you know, the the, the experience, the golf, quality golf experience is unbelievable in, in that part of the world. It is. And I think... It really is. I think more people, you know, they try and jam nine days in and they do all of the big courses, you know, running around the country, probably running themselves ragged and, and ticking off all the bucket list ones. I get that. But, you know, I guess I'm lucky because I've got family there and my wife's from Edinburgh and, you know, all my family there. So we spend a bit of time there um, and I just jump in the car and, and I'll go and find somewhere new and and play with anyone and just love it. You know, or go and play with the local or play with someone who's visiting for the town I don't care and um, just just love the experience of playing a different golf course yeah you, know, you touched on architecture uh, and you know through your twitter stuff and all that I sort of picked up that you have a bit of an interest in golf architecture and I saw that you've you know recreated um, MacKenzie's original drawing of New South Wales is is that a deep passion of yours yeah. architecture
1: with that sorry is archi- uh, a deep passion is architecture
0: yeah. a passion so who are you we could probably do a whole another podcast on your architecture love and you know who, who do you <laughs> who do you who are your favourite what are your architectural influ- influences in, in golf what do you like
1: I like I like McKenzie mm-hmm. obviously
0: mm-hmm.
1: he's probably regarded as the best golf course architect ever to live um besides mother nature uh-huh.
2: um
1: and Tom Dokes, one of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like, I really like Tom Dokes' work. Bill Hans, he's good. Uh, well, not good. He's brilliant. Uh, Bill Core, Ben Crenshaw. Um, the DeVries,
2: mm-hmm. he,
1: he designed Keith Wickham. Yep. So I really, I really like the architects that had that minimalistic approach to things, mm-hmm. and they they just go about not moving a lot of land just to create the great design. It doesn't need it doesn't need uh, a water fountain to the left of the green. It doesn't need like massive like a, a massive mound next to the next to the uh, on the other side of the fairway, sort of thing, like it's just, just minimalistic, keep it subtle and just make it look natural. If you know what I mean, like it's yep. just keep everything, just keep everything minimalistic and, uh, just don't, don't make things artificial. It's just, that's what I enjoy about it. The first time I saw photos of, uh, sand hills, that just, that just, Blew me away, really. Um, I, I first started looking into course architects when I got Daris, Oliver, Daris Oliver's book, the Planet Golf book, mm-hmm. and that was back. I, I was in school at the time. I think it was about fourteen or fifteen. It was the book was a hundred bucks. Bought it from a bookshop, and. I kept it on the bookshelf for a few years until I went to New South Wales and I knew New South Wales was in the book, so I opened it up. So I hadn't read it in about five years and I opened it up and New South Wales was in it and I started reading all these other reading all these other golf courses and I just thought this is amazing. And Mackenzie really struck out to me as being very influential very influential.
0: Yeah, well, he was a, I mean, he was a global guy. And
1: along with, yeah, and along with the other modern architects like Doug Gil Bill, Bill Korn, Ben Crenshaw, and, um, Mike DeVries, and all those guys. And along with the Australian architects, too, like OCCM, and, uh, Malkford and, uh, I think it's, Moldfru and
0: Crafter. Yep, I think that's it. Rossi Parrot. Um, Ross, Ross yeah. Parrot's another one that sort of pops up, and and Darius himself has, yep. has been fairly fairly influential on, uh, you know, a, quite a, a number of golf courses in um, in Australia.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I think that's just that's where I really that's when my passion for architecture really started when I just bought that. Uh, golf Planet book when I was 13 or 14 I didn't read it for about 5 years and then it just evolved from there and then going to America and my uh, my boss over there he he had a he had a great passion for golf course architecture and he really he really um, he really flicked the switch in, in my head about it and I started to really Really, just dive into that rabbit hole of force architecture, and really haven't gotten out of it. Have you met any? It's, it's just endless.
0: Have you met any of Sorry? these guys? Have you met any any of the your architects that you you know in your travels that uh, that you like?
1: Yeah, I uh, when I got back from an Ameri- America, I I was on the fourth Sea box at New South Wales, and Tom Dope was walking down. From the top two, and introduced myself, and I told him where I'd been and where I'm going to next. And I said I'm going to St Andrews, and he was uh, he was impressed, and I met his offside,er Brian Snyder, and um, two great guys. I Had a quick chat with them. There's um,
0: a, there's, a, there's a couple of the Renaissance guys. The there's a couple of the Renaissance guys that live in St Andrews, I believe, that, that do work for Renaissance Golf, which is Doak's company that live. Um, they're around there, are they not? Cunning. Um, I forget his first yeah,
1: name. Yeah, I think one of them does. I can't remember his name.
0: Cunning. His surname is Cunning. Um, you'll find him on Instagram, but uh, I forget his first Dr. name. Yeah, yeah. You should look him up. You should hit him up. But he, he he's just yeah. been. At, I yeah. think he's just been out here um doing a lot of the work at uh, the national down on Cape Shank where oh, Do- right. Dokes re- redesigned the what was the Ocean Course now going to be called the Matter Course so. Yeah, some, but I'm pretty sure that there's a couple of those, you know, big guys that live, in, you know, based themselves in and around uh, St. Andrews there. Anyway, that's for another time. Mate, I, I'm blown away by your story. Um, I asked you, I gave you the opportunity to tell me all the interesting people you met there before. You, you, you left off the Paige Baranich meeting. Come on, mate. I've seen the picture was that like? Which one? Paige Peranich.
1: Oh. oh, Paige Branich. Oh, <laughs> that was, that was, oh. <laughs> that was amazing. That was, that was one of the highlights of just being that at uh, that time. She, so she was on the back of the 18th screen and Ricky Fowler was putting out and I was walking by. I think I just bought something from the shop, and we were in between shifts. So you can do whatever you want. You can go back to the house or sleep or whatever. Anyway, so I was walking by, and I saw this girl, and she was wearing a golf gear. She had a she had a glove in her back pocket, and I just thought it's strange because it's no women were playing, and it wasn't it wasn't a practice round. I think it was the first round, first round of the tournament. And I just thought, well, I wonder who you are. Like, and then I thought, oh, she, she might be, she might be a, a journalist or a, um, someone, someone that's going to talk to Ricky as he walks off. And I thought, no, no, it's not her because she doesn't have a microphone. And then I got a better look and I thought, no, that's Paige so I walked up and I said, "Excuse me, Rach." I said, could, "Could I get a photo?" And she says, "Yeah, sure." So I get a phone to someone and I said, "Could you take a photo of us?" And he got the photo, and I was just so nervous. And uh, I got the photo, and she, she was she was quite cool. She's she's got a great personality. It, some people some people might think, "Oh, she's stuck up or whatever," but no, she's not. By talking to her, she was she was quite laid back. Good to talk to, her, and uh, got the photo with her. And she um she walked off, followed Ricky to the uh, to the cop house, and the guy turned around to me and said, "Oh, who's that?" And I said, "Oh, that's Paige Spironik. She's on Instagram." And he's like, "Oh wow! Like even he was impressed." <laughs> and uh, on my on my um. Instagram. When I put it up, I said that I was—I'd be more nervous. That I, I said I wouldn't be as nervous if I met Tiger Woods, which I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm sure is right. But yeah, that—that was—that was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, I was going to you there, mate. You're nervous when you met Page Piranic, but uh, not nervous driving a, a Toro down the uh, fairways of um, the old course, you know, the, the, the birthplace of golf. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> oh dear. I love it. All right, mate. I appreciate your time um, in St. Andrews. It's uh, morning your time, night my time. Good luck moving on to Glen Eagles. I'll hopefully look forward to maybe catching up with you in September. We might uh, touch base before then. And yeah, yes, Mitchell, sure. really, sure. really appreciate it. I'll put – what I'll do is I'll put all the links to um, to your Instagram and whatever on on the – the notes for the podcast and um yeah and I'll tweet them yep. out and all yep. that sort of thing and and you can share that and if you want people to hear your story well share it away because um you know this is your story mate and I'm sure people will be fairly well impre- uh, impressed by your back catalog of golf courses that you've tended to over your journey and you know, in the future, you don't have to have an. You won't have to have an interview, mate. You can just hit the send button and say, "Mate, just listen to this." Don't worry, I've got it covered. Listen, yeah. listen, listen to the My Love of Golf podcast because <laughs> it's all in there, buddy.
1: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Uh, Thank you. Thanks nah, for having me. Nah, it's been great. Nah, my pleasure, buddy. My pleasure. Do you watch the Eric Anders Lane videos? You, 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 you obviously know who he is. You, you, you like uh, what he's doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I, I um I, I love his videos. They're just great. They're um it's a great way to show the um the golf courses over here and to, and the tourism hmm. and where you can play. That's not that's not a, a big golf club. But you can still get like great, great golf. Like he played, uh, he played a course called Broada, mm-hmm. way up north. Yep, and he played one of them, and the course just looks incredible. And it's it, it's great that he goes there because he, it's all these um it's all these golf course all these golf courses that just sort of fly under the radar, and. It seems as though he's helping those courses out too because he's giving them recognition and a bit of a spotlight. So I can see, I can see where that helps. So yeah, I, I do like it. He, um, funny story. He, uh, he was actually over here in the Dunvegan one day and after work I was just, I was in the Dunvegan having a pint with a mate and, uh, I knew he was there. He was still his friends. I didn't want to uh, interrupt him or anything like that, but uh, he walked up to pay for the meal and the beers and everything like that. And he looks at me and says, and, he's, and the camera's rolling. He looks at me and says, hey, uh, we've just got, we've just got our mate here. He's about to go play the old course with us, but he doesn't know his dad's here." And like, I just smile so that you're
0: you're ear. you're in that video you're in that video I, that you yeah, you're yeah because I, yeah. I, I I don't remember seeing I don't remember seeing I remember I remember the Aussie accent I remember watching it and I remember hearing the Aussie accent in the Dunn Vegan in that scene that's you right yeah yeah that's me <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a smile
1: in to ear and I said I said to Eric I said he's gonna blow up I said he's just gonna. You know, yeah, he he's gonna find it amazing and I was just amazed and then watching the video he goes down and sees his dad and he's just like what are you doing here <laughs> and yeah that, that made me really smile I thought that was I thought that was amazing it was but it was just it, it was incredible when he came up to me and he put me on camera and I thought oh well hopefully he doesn't get me bad so I'd, <laughs> like hopefully it doesn't hopefully it doesn't make me hopefully
2: doesn't look
0: me make me look ugly in the video. Oh, I no, mate! I'm yeah. going to rip that. I'm going to get that. The, I'm going to rip a little bit of that clip off to put uh, in the promotional uh, promotional piece for this little podcast, mate. To uh, make us both uh, stars out of your cameo role in the Eric <laughs> Anders Lang St Andrews Old Course uh, Vlog. <laughs>